today we're going to have a, a little bit of a different style of service, and it's going to be a, an extended altar service. So you can go ahead and be seated. We'll, we'll do offering at the end if you brought your offering. <clears throat> Those that give online, thank you for giving online. But, you know, I have a lot of jobs, you know, that, things that I, I, I do, that I'm supposed to do, that it's kind of the hat I'm supposed to wear. But my number one responsibility is the spiritual health of the church and to speak the, the word of the Lord for the house to our young ones and our old ones. And I don't want to teach today. The Lord just gave me a bunch of bullet points. And I want to, I'm just going to ask questions and then I'm going to read a scripture. And then if it's for you, we're going to pray for you right where you are. If you're at home, same thing. If something we say applies to where you're at specifically right now, just make an altar at your house and we're going to believe that the presence of God touches and shifts our lives. But I want to ask this question. Are you currently afraid? That's the first thing I want to ask. Are you currently afraid? You know, <clears throat> we hit on it a lot. Fear is one of my favorite things to attack because fear is, it's what the enemy uses to motivate and to move people off of God's will for their life. It's what the political spirit uses to control people. It's what the religious spirit uses to keep people in, in, in line. And fear is not our friend. And there is no room for fear in the church. The only fear that we should have, Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says, but fools despise it. Fools despise the fear of the Lord. And what we're actually doing when we're fearful is we're actually creating an idol that we say, we believe in your authority to affect my life. So when I say I want to have the fear of the Lord, I'm, I'm telling the Lord, I believe that there's no place in my life that's off limits from your authority, from your grace, from your mercy. When I fear anything else, I have created an idol that says, I believe that your ability to affect me is greater than God's ability to affect me, protect me, provide for me, fill in the blank. And it is an idol. And, and sadly enough, we've heard this said many times that fear is the most socially accepted sin in the church. It's okay. It's okay. It's, everyone's afraid. Everyone's, no, it's not okay. It's not okay to be fearful. And, and I'm talking as someone who's been delivered from fear in my life. You want to talk about fearful, nightmares, dreams, day worries my whole life until the Lord set me free from it. I know what it means to be under the influence of fear. I know what it means for that monster of fear to be speaking in my ear and directing my path. I know what it feels like. And so that's why I'm so aggressive toward it because I know what it did to me. And, and there are still effects that I'm breaking apart from my life from fear's effects on me. I don't want fear in this house. Thank you. Because there's no room for fear when perfect love drives out all fear. There is no fear in love. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline or a sound mind. If you feel like you cannot control your thoughts because of fear, I want you right now to just close your eyes where you're at and ask God to deliver you from fear. He says, I will deliver you from all your fears. Come on. What's the cure for fear? I will only fear the Lord. God, I'm sorry. If this is for you, this is how we're doing today. God, I'm sorry for having fear in anything other than you. I'm sorry for exalting mountains instead of exalting you. 
or obstacles or disappointments or barriers. If this is you, will you say, God, I'm sorry for fearing anything but you. And I invite you now to drive all fear from my life and to baptize me in your love. Come on, when we, when we experience his love, all fear will go away. It will not have a place. You don't have to fight fear. Just let God love you. You don't have to fight fear. Let God love the fear out of you. And here's the way you continue this process. When you feel fear that's not of God, when you speak fear that's not of God, you call it out immediately in the moment. If you say, if you make a statement and it was bound in fear, if it was covered in fear, it, it's very important that in that second you stop and recognize, oh my gosh, I just exalted another idol. And God said to have no idols before him. And this, this financial fear, this physical fear, this relational fear cannot be an idol in my life. God, I'm sorry. And I tear those idols down once again and I exalt you. I lift you up. I lift an altar to you. That's the cure for fear. If, if this is you and God's ministering to you, if I keep going, stay where you're at. Don't let me distract you. But there are a lot of things the Lord gave me to share. I'm going to just go straight through them. Are you confused currently? Are you like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I have a lot of options, but I'm confused. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if God doesn't author confusion, what does he author? Peace. So if you're confused right now, it means that there's an absence of peace in your life. And, he, and peace is Jesus. Peace is not a thing. Peace is not just a presence that enters into the room. Peace is an actual person and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. And so if you are, are struggling right now with confusion, you don't know which way to go or what's true, what's up, what's down, don't ask just for wisdom. Ask for Jesus to come and walk with you. Because when Jesus walks with you, the storms part. And he says, peace be still. And in that moment of tranquility and that moment of peace, he will give you clarity on what to do going forward. Don't make decisions in chaos. Don't make decisions in confusion. Don't fight the chaos. Don't look for uh, uh, three points how to get out of this confusing place. Invite Jesus. So would you do that right now? If you're confused, if you're at home and you're confused right now, you don't know what to believe. The solution is to invite Jesus into your presence. So would you do that? Jesus, come. I invite you, Jesus, into every area of my life. I ask that you would come and bring your peace and your tranquility and your clarity in Jesus' name. When I see you clearly, I see all other things clearly. Would you say that with me, Jesus? When I see you clearly, I see everything clearly. It's just the way it works. Come on. Next, are you sick currently? If you're in the room and you're sick, or if you're at home, you're sick right now. The Bible tells us specifically what to do in James 5, verse 13 through 16. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Good. I'm, I, I like to sing. I must be a happy person most of the time. Is anyone among you sick? 
Let them call among the elders of the church and to pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and pray the prayer of faith and it will save the sick. And it goes on, there's more to this. And it says, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Wow, I thought the only way I could be forgiven was to to ask Jesus to forgive me for my sin. But when I call and ask people to lay hands and pray for me, and he heals me, the healing for my body and my sickness also heals my soul and heals the sin from my life and removes it. Come on. It says, then he tells us to confess our sins one to another and to pray for one another that we may be healed. These are all ways that we get healed. Number one, we pray for for healing. We call the elders to pray for us. We confess our sins, right? There's just, and then we pray for each other. And it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man has much power. So are you sick right now? Pray and ask God to heal you. Ask someone if, in your family right here to anoint you and pray for you. If you're at home, go in the kitchen and get some oil and pray for yourself and ask Jesus to heal you. If, if, if you're still sick, confess your sin. You're like, I don't know what sin I have. Ask Holy Spirit, he will tell us. When you confess that sin, it will not only heal your soul, it will heal your body and your spirit. All of it will come into agreement. And then if that's not enough, pray for one another. Ask someone to stand with you for healing, all right? So if that's you, go for it. Ask Jesus to come and heal you. He's the healer. God has a name. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, he sent his word and healed our diseases. Come on. He is the healer. And so I speak healing over you right now. If you're at home and you're sick, I pray that whatever is ailing you right now goes away in Jesus' name and that you are well from this day forward in Jesus' name. All right, if that's you, keep going. I'm gonna move quickly through this. Are you anxious currently? Are you anxious? Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, don't be anxious about anything. I think the whole world is anxious right now. We're like a bunch of cats, right? <laughs> just like all riled up like what's any old saying my dad used to say. He's as, as nervous as a, as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Like what a crazy saying. But that's how the world feels right now. Everywhere you go, you can feel anxiety. Not just fear and the things we talked about before, but like you can go and you feel the anxiety. Everyone's tense. Everyone needs a massage right now. We should all, we all need a massage to just chill. If, you, if you're anxious, the Bible tells us not to be anxious about anything, but to pray about everything. And to bring those anxieties as a supplication, as an offering to the Lord. And say, God, these are the things I'm anxious and the feelings that I have and they're real. And I bring them to you because I don't know what to do with them. But they're engulfing my life. If you're anxious, he says, don't do that. But bring them to the Lord. And with thanksgiving, make your request to him. And then again, the peace of God which passes all understanding. Come on, the person of peace will come and he will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so if you're anxious right now, just say, God, I'm sorry for having anxiety. I don't know what to do with it. It is real. It is an emotional response to to stress. It's a real thing. It's not a sin. But we can't stay in a place of anxiety. So God, we bring our anxious thoughts, our anxious feelings, our anxious dreams, and we lay them at your feet and we tell you they're real. Our body, our mind, our spirit, our emotions are telling us these things are real and we don't know what to do, so we bring them to you and we lay them in your hands right now. And we ask you, Jesus, to come again and bring peace to our lives. If that's you, just keep letting him touch you, amen? 
The next one, are you currently wounded? Are you wounded? That could be any kind of wounds, but I'm really talking about internal soul wounds. Psalm 103 verse three in the Passion Translation says, I love this, listen, I love how how he wrote these. You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You healed me inside and out from every disease. Oh, come on, are you wounded? Psalm 147 verse three says, he heals the wounds of every shattered heart. Now, I don't know if it's someone in the room or someone on the, 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 the broadcast right now, but you have a wounded and shattered heart and it feels like your heart is not whole. Like you feel like you can love in a measure, but it's like something's holding you back. You have a shattered, wounded heart and the Lord wants to heal you of that right now. He wants to heal your soul wounds. So if you're wounded right now, invite him in and let him heal you. Just ask him in. Come on, do it right now. If you're wounded, ask Jesus to heal you. If it's a relationship, if it's something that's happened in your past, if it's a, if it's a current thing that's going on, ask Jesus to bring healing to that wound. We ask you, Father, right now to send your presence. You said you heal the brokenhearted, that you're near the brokenhearted and you heal the brokenhearted. I ask that you would do this right now in Jesus' name. Y'all still with me? I'm going for it. Are you overwhelmed or weary? I, I think that goes with the anxiety. I feel like everyone is absolutely overwhelmed right now. Overwhelmed and weary. But Matthew 11, 28 through 30 in the Passion Translation says, are you weary? Are you weary? Are you ca- carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. This is Jesus. This is red letters, Jesus talking. Then come to me and I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. How many would love to have a, a vacation right now in the spirit realm, in the soul? Come on. He is our oasis. He says, simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, I'm humble, and I'm easy to please. Ah. How many thinks that God is easy to please? He says right here, Jesus says, I'm easy to please. (laughs) Don't be weary, he's easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy for you. There is a requirement to follow him, but then he gives us himself to walk with us and to carry the burdens and to teach us how to do it. Are you overwhelmed? Are you weary? You know the other scripture that says, don't be weary in doing good. We should grow weary in doing bad. (laughs) But we should not grow weary doing good. For in due season, if we what? Faint not. We will reap a harvest. The key to it is not growing weary and continuing to sow the good seed sow the good seed. See, God is the rewarder. Would you say that God's the rewarder? So I'd, I, am, I don't have to worry about the crop. My job is to sow the seed, to water it, and to care for the garden. God gives the increase. So that relieves all the burden and all of the weight and all the pressure off of me. My responsibility is to simply sow seed, water it, take care of the garden. Don't let weeds grow up in my life, just care for it. But he takes care of the the crop that comes, the harvest that comes. So I shouldn't be overwhelmed in doing good. So if you are right now, I ask that you would come to him. 
Come find rest in him. He's easy to please. You'll find rest for your soul, an oasis. May you enter into the oasis of God right now. In the room, may you enter the oasis of God, Bimpe. I just feel like for you, you're going to a spa treatment with God. And he's just going to take you there. You're going to get your feet done, a hand massage, the hot stones, and everything. He's going to do that for you. An oasis with God. Oh. This next one. I wouldn't be a, a preacher of the gospel if I didn't do this one. Are you backslidden? Are you disconnected from him? Should have started there. Like, how could I live away from him? There is no life away from him. Hosea 14 verses four through nine, and I'm going to read it. It says, I will heal them of their backsliding. I will love them freely. My anger is turned away from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. They will grow like the lilies and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. His branches shall spread out. His beauty shall be like an olive tree and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return. This is a prophetic word. They shall be revived like grain and grow like a vine. Their scent will be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, what have, to, what have I to do anymore with idols? What have I to do anymore pursuing things that don't satisfy me? I have heard and observed him. I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. And it says, who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous walk in them. But transgressors stumble in them. Are you backslidden? Are you disconnected from God? Look, there, life is, is, is a, an eternal game. It's not a short game. It is a long-term eternal thing. And it is, it is reckless and it's foolish to spend one second backslidden. Someone on the call, you, like you're like, yeah, I, I love God, but I feel so far from him. Don't stay in that place where you're at right now. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Just welcome me. I feel like he's gonna come into your home right now. You're, you're gonna feel his presence come into your house right where you are. He's calling sons and daughters back home. Don't stay gone. He's calling the whole church back to righteousness. I, I, I would say that many more of us are disconnected than we probably think at this moment. It's not gonna stay that way, but it's time for the church to repent and come back to him. He's gonna heal us and cure us of our backsliding. So Father, we ask that you would come now. We know that you, Holy Spirit, are a perfect gentleman and you never force yourself upon us. So we invite you in. The places of disconnection, the places of backsliddenness, if that's even a word, I made it a word, the places where we have drifted, we ask that you would bring us back to the center and that's you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would drive all backsliddenness, 
and disconnection from Fire Life Church and anyone connected to it. Hmm. That we would be close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I got a couple more. Are you without understanding? You're like, man, I just don't understand. I've said that more the last few months than I probably ever have. I don't, I just, I just don't understand. If I could just wrap my brain around everything going on right now, I might could be okay with it. I'm the guy that when I'm stuck in traffic, I will go into a rage if I can't see why there's traffic. I'm like, I'm the guy that's leaning out trying to see, okay, who had a wreck? Why are we stopped? I have to know. Once I know why there's traffic, I'm kind of like, all right, okay, there's a wreck up here. If it's ridiculous and there's traffic for no reason, I get very frustrated. I want to know why. I need to understand. But understanding does not always bring peace. James 1, 5 through 6 says, If anyone lacks wisdom or understand him, understanding, let him ask God, who gives it to all liberally, without reproach, without restrictions, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, let him ask for it in faith, not doubting, because anyone who doubts is like a wave driven by the, the sea and it's tossed, and he won't have anything he asks for. So if, if you need understanding right now, the Bible says that he will instruct us with his word that he actually will instruct us as we sleep. And so if you need understanding right now, just ask him for understanding. Give me understanding. All right, I'm gonna move quickly. Are you distracted? Are you currently distracted? Does something else have our attention? Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we have this great cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us, the people, the great people of faith that have gone before us are surrounding us, cheering us on right now. Can you hear them? They're saying, don't stop running. They're saying, hey, 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 look look at the track. Stay in your lane. How many ever ran track? And I ran track. And there are specific races that you can't get out of your lane at all or you're disqualified, period. It doesn't matter if, if you trip. It doesn't matter if someone else bumped you. And you If you're out of your lane, you're disqualified. So you run very focused. And you're not looking straight here. You're looking ahead because you can see the lane ahead. It's like when you drive, you don't drive looking just at the end of the hood of your car. You look way out off into the distance and it helps, you, it helps guide you for the long haul in that lane. And I hear the great marathon runners of the past, oh, the great women and men of the faith and our grandparents and grand, great-grandparents and all the way back, they're cheering us on and saying, don't be distracted right now. Stay in your lane. Don't, don't be distracted by what's going on in the, in the world. It's very important we get laser focused as a church because we're about to drop the solution on the whole planet and we need to have our eyes focused on that solution. The things that have been prophesied about the church being glorious and without spot, without wrinkle, those things, we're living in those days where the whole earth is groaning for the sons and daughters to appear. They're talking about us when Jesus sent that word, when the Holy Spirit asked those men to write those words. He was talking about us. We're going to figure this out. So don't be distracted right now. Fix your eyes intently upon Jesus. That's Hebrews 12.1. Because these witnesses surround us, let us fix our eyes intently upon Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith the alpha and the omega, the beginning, the end, and everything in between. So if you're distracted right now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. All that he asks us to do is turn our attention from something to something. That's what repentance is. 
I repent. I, I change my view. I change what I look at. So would you do that right now? Would you just like, I don't know, let's do a prophetic. Let's look up. And I want you to picture Jesus. Like, I don't know what he looks like to you, but that happy Jesus gets in my image all the time. I I see Jesus that way. I see him as a warrior. I see him in different, but I want you to look at Jesus and I want you to lock eyes with him. And I want you to ask him, help me, Jesus, to not be distracted. You're so beautiful. I see fire in your eyes. Nothing else is fire to me. Nothing else is attracted to me. Help me to fix my eyes intently upon you. I want nothing else. We sing it. Nothing else will do. And God, I ask that this becomes the posture of our lives, that we look at Jesus, the author and finisher. Are you bored? Anyone in the room besides me bored? This, was, this one was for me. I wasn't even going to share this one. I'm bored with the same old stuff. Yeah, the initials are SOS, but same old stuff. <laughs> I'm bored with it, honestly. I'm a routine guy, so I could be like, I always say I could be Matlock. I could just wear a gray suit every single day of my life, eat the same lunch every single, like I could do that. I could get into those habits. But at some point, it's boring. And when you're bored, when I'm, I'm gonna say, when, when I'm bored, I become a boring person. I don't wanna be a boring person. I wanna have fun, man. And I'm only bored when I'm not doing what I was made to do. And I I quote Hank all the time on this. When he got saved, he's like, when do I get to do this stuff? (laughs) When do I get to do the Jesus stuff? That's what we were created for. We will never be bored representing him. I will never be bored carrying his presence everywhere I go. I will never be bored prophesying over people, which is what today is all about. I will never be bored healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. I mean, how, how boring would it be? to raise the dead. How could I get bored if everywhere I went, people were healed because Jesus spoke through me? That doesn't sound like a boring life. Song of Solomon. I'm gonna read it in two translations, the Passion and the New King James. New King James first, Song of Solomon 7, verses 10 through 11. I am my beloved and his desire is toward me. He says, come away with me, my beloved. Let's go in the fields, in the villages, and let's dance. Sorry. Passion Translation says it like this. Now I know that I am filled with my beloved and all his desires are fulfilled in me. Come away, my lover. Come with me to the faraway fields. He's talking of adventure. 
We will run away together. God, better disinfect this mic. <laughs> we will run away together to forgotten places. And we will show people the redeeming love that we have. I want to do that. I want, I, I, I've been a boring person for 25 years. Mandy's like, amen. <laughs> uh, who else in the room or on the call carries the, the responsibility gift? feel responsible for stuff it can kill your it can kill your adventure it just i mean you're you're the great person to have on a team because you're going to make sure stuff gets done you're not going to let stuff fall through the the the, the cracks and you're going to do things at a level of excellence and you're going to be faithful and dependable everything that we want to stay there we don't want to get rid of those things but man we we miss out on adventure and we weren't made for a boring Christian life. We were made for adventure. We were, this is not a business that God saved us into. This is a love affair. Like Brian Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation, when he did it, he said God told him he wanted him to write a translation from the perspective of God's intense passion and desire for his bride. And he said that he believes that Song of Solomon is the most important book of the entire Bible because it's the love story of the bride and the groom. And that's the story of the church and Jesus. And we need to rediscover it. And so if you're bored, let's stop being bored. Just do something else. So Father, we come to you. Everyone bored like me, let's repent. God, I repent for allowing myself to be bored and brought into the mundane. I will not abandon the faithfulness you've built into my heart. I won't. It is who I am at my core. But God, I need adventure. Are you cryogenically frozen? That's really weird, I know. (laughs) Most of us, most of the church feels like that the real victory and the real favor and the real fun stuff of God in the harvest is this distant, faraway future that we're frozen and when the time comes, he will unfreeze us and we'll be in that oasis or heaven or paradise. And it feels like we're frozen in time. We're paused and we're waiting for something to come. (laughs) Like the... The disciples, the Pharisees, the, all the people that were religious in Jesus' day came and said, hey, hey, is this when you're going to set up your kingdom? Hey, is this when you're going to set up your throne? He's like, hey, hey, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not, heaven isn't then. It's the now and the not yet. Your breakthrough is now and it's on its way. Your healing is now and it's coming. Like everything we need is now and it's in the future because God is not bound by time. So the victory, the destiny, the purpose God has for your life is not for this distant, faraway day. Josiah, Matthias, Tristan, your goals and God's purpose for your life is not when you turn 40, 50, 60 years old. It's right now. It's right now. 
I'm not waiting for you to get your, your, your man legs and your whole body. You're, it's now. A lot of us just sit around and we're like, someday revival's coming. Someday I'm going to be debt free. Someday I'm going to be healthy. Someday this is, no, 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 no. It's now. You are not paused. You are not on pause. How many, when you think of Gideon, you think that he was a fearful person? Like when you think of the story of Gideon, like he was threshing wheat in a wine press. Doesn't make sense, right? And people, people often teach that and talk about it like he was scared. Like he was being very fearful. So he was high. No, actually he was being tactical. He was actually being brilliant. He was like, I'm not going to let them steal what I'm sowing over here. So he, even though everything out there looked paused, he was acting. He was moving. And the reason the angel came to him and says, you are a mighty man of valor, was because he was. He was. He wasn't on pause. He was moving, and his movement attracted the word of the Lord over his life. And so right now, I want to unpause you, and I want to unpause me. Like, there's a pause button. I'm going to unpause ourselves. You are activated. You are not frozen for another day, for a future day. Right here, right now, from here on. And it is our choice. And if I could be a cheerleader and scream and shout and make you feel this the way I feel it in me, I would. But that's not me. So you're going to have to feel it. (laughs) But when I get married, when I do this, then I'll do that. No, do it now. Go for it. Or when my, when my business gets to this point, when I get debt free, I, I can, no, 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 no. Do it now. Don't wait. You are not on pause. He did not go through everything he went through. Jesus did not do everything he did so we would sit around and wait. Well, he's coming back. I don't know when. It'll be glorious when he does. Until then, it's not very fun. No. All right, so if you need to be unpaused, why everyone's staying? We're closing out anyway. It's the end of service. If you're at home and you're unpaused, get off the couch. That's what they, we used to, we used to love watching like Biggest Loser and stuff like that. And they would, they would say, if you're at home right now, you can do this. Get off the couch. You can do this. Like, I I love that message. Get off the couch because I'm the guy on the couch. Holy Spirit is the activating agent of God. So for us to think that we can be activated without Holy Spirit will not work. We can only be activated and animated by the breath of God. And when he breathes on us, he breathes his spirit into us. Jesus breathed on his disciples and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were activated for kingdom purpose, kingdom dominion, kingdom authority. So right now, I ask you, God, I ask you to send your breath over us right now and breathe upon us. Breathe upon me afresh and anew. Speak over me right now. Breathe your Holy Spirit into me and activate me. May I never push pause again. Hmm.
Now speak over yourself. Spirit, soul, body, I command you to be activated by the Holy Spirit, to be animated by the Holy Spirit, <laughs> to be commissioned by the Holy Spirit. We've covered a lot of territory today. I hope that it hit every one of us. Here's my prayer though, that we will never be the same. So I wanna seal this day and seal what God's doing with that prayer. And I want you to join with me. Father God, we ask you to seal what you're doing with your Holy Spirit. May it produce all of the fruit that you want it to produce. And may we never be the same. We are activated forevermore. Oh, come on, look at someone next to you and say, I am activated forevermore. I am an active agent. I am not undercover, I am an active agent. <laughs> Amen. Oh, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching on Facebook Live. We love all of you. If you brought your tithes in person, Rodney has the, the buckets you can give there to him. If you need prayer, we're here to pray for you. We'll, we'll pray for you. We'll social distance if you want us to. If not, we'll just love on you and pray for you either way. But God is faithful and God is good. And, and so ah, just don't be the same. I'm not going to be the same. Amen.